Chapter 6 of The Christian Nurse and Her Mission in the Sick Room. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Patterson. The Christian Nurse and Her Mission in the Sick Room by Francois Xavier Gautrelet. Translated by John Mason Neal. Of the dangers we may meet with in the service of the sick, and of the precautions by which we may guard against them. The dangers incurred in the service of the sick may respect the body, or threaten directly the soul. Article 1. Dangers which concern health, and precautions against them. 1. However serious the sickness, however dear the person whom we tend, we must not allow ourselves to be carried to excess as regards our own health to prolong indiscreetly our watching and our abstinence, and by relieving the sick, to become so ourselves. There are persons who, on these occasions, listening only to the voice of their imagination and the exaggerated feelings of natural tenderness, are carried to real excess without any other results than that of exhausting their strength. Faith and reason must be allowed to bear sway. While we trust in God, we must give our own bodies necessary relief, Never are substantial nourishment and sufficient rest more needed. 2. If it is to be feared that the sickness is or may become contagious, we should carefully learn from the physician what precautions should be taken, that we may not needlessly subject ourselves or expose others to the danger of contagion. 3. The sickness, without being infectious, may be of a nature to produce hurtful impressions upon children, or those of weak imaginations and delicate organisations, as with epilepsy, frenzy, etc. It is then necessary, as much as possible, to keep such persons away from the sick man. 4. Those persons who attend upon the sick may injure their health by breathing an infected and unwholesome air. It is important, as much for him as for those who attend upon him, to purify the air of the apartment in which he is, and to keep up a constant circulation. This may easily be done in warm weather, and it is not more difficult in winter, for it will be enough to leave the window open for a few moments, taking precaution that the sick man is not exposed to any draught during the time. The chimney, too, keeps up a perpetual current of air, and thus promotes change of the atmosphere which is breathed in the room. When the bed of a sick person is made, arranged, or uncovered, the nurse must avoid, as much as possible, the breathing the exhalations which arise from the bed. She must also avoid taking the corrupt breath of the sick person, especially if he is afflicted with disease of the lungs. 5. Those persons who attend upon the sick ought also to take care not to touch the perspiration which comes from their body. It is prudent not immediately to touch the sick person, that is to say, touch his linen, not his skin. If it is necessary to touch him when in a perspiration, it will be well to wash the hands after having done so. 6. It is better that the meals should be taken in another room. 7. As to the linen used by him, in certain sicknesses it should only be used with discretion, even after it has been washed. It is well to consult the physician upon this point, and learn from him what precautions to take, and what means to use to prevent or avert the danger. Complaints of the skin and chest are easily communicated in consequence of imprudence in this matter. Article 2. Dangers concerning the soul, and precautions against them.
Those who have charge of the sick are exposed to certain peculiar dangers which regard the soul. Besides the temptations which we have pointed out above, they may easily fall into faults more or less serious, and to avoid these they have need of great watchfulness. Thus, 1. In hospitals and in attendance upon all sick persons, it is necessary to exercise a strict surveillance over those who are employed to attend upon or watch by them. They should be persons of a certain age, of a virtue beyond the reach of all suspicion, of exemplary piety, and who should be taught how to assist the sick in the hour of death. These cases devolve upon the conscience of the superior, who cannot devote too much attention and diligence to them. 2. Those persons who assist the sick in their own homes have need of still more care against the still greater dangers which await them. As much as possible, they should not watch alone. They must be on their guard against bad company, dangerous conversations, or reading doubtful books. 3. In general, those persons who attend upon the sick are exposed to neglect their spiritual exercises. Either by fatigue or preoccupation, they do not even find time to say their prayers. From this, a kind of languor takes possession of the soul. Motives of faith are forgotten. Supernatural light is obscured, and they soon act only in a natural and general manner. End of chapter 6. Recording by Mary Patterson.